once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald, I guess, if you want to follow me. Um, Matt Dudek, who you can usually find at Horizon, Matt will not be joining us, so joining us this week instead is John Parker. What's up, Bob? How's it going? It's going. Um, John can be found on Twitter at Horizon John. You can find us on tw- the podcast on Twitter at Horizon RT. You can find us on the web at HorizonRoundtable.com. And be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. Um, before we get started, John, obviously I do want to point out that next week we're going to be recording the Media Forum, which is going to be – wait, I think we got about eight – uh, eight voices you um, Horizon League fans will be familiar with, at least. Um, hopefully we'll get everybody. Um, we're working on that part. So you definitely don't want to miss that. That's going to be a two-parter. Um, also, and we're going to really try to do this. Uh, um, Kyle Rossi and Alec Quaid are going to be at Cleveland State's uh, Viketober event, and they're going to be doing that live. And hopefully I can get our Twitch stream and YouTube live stream up to be able to do all that. But regardless, it'll be recorded, so you'll be able to hear it later on. So at least I'll have that going for you. (laughs) So um, last week, at at the end of the last episode, we talked a little bit about kind of what's going on in the Ohio Valley Conference, which may have some implications for the Horizon League, as it turns out, uh, I know you had did an, you had done an article about the potential for Murray State being invited to the Horizon League. Um, yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, um, that, to be honest, it was kind of a pipe dream, just based on you know the Missouri Valley having not yet offered yeah. a spot to Murray State uh, after it had offered a spot to Belmont. So the hope was that, you know, if there's no offer coming, all of a sudden the OVC is looking a lot less impressive and, you know, we could potentially get Murray State to join. Um, Didn't happen. Oh, well. Um, Sorry. It's all good. (laughs) Would have been fun. Um, It would have been, it would have been great. Um, it would have been great from a conference standpoint, but, you know, it was not to be. So, but regardless, it, it looks like the Ohio Valley Conference is, I don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, um, it, they're going to, I kind of mentioned it last week. It's almost like the A-Sun spent so much time just being the conference, pulling teams up to D1 that yeah. now there's not as many candidates left. So uh, that puts the OVC in kind of a rough spot, except that the one thing I feel like it has going for it is um, I don't think anyone really wants most of the remaining schools. So (laughs) there might be some stability and some decent geography there to kind of build around. Um, one thing that did come out this week is that Southern Indiana is doing kind of a feasibility study yes. on a move to Division One. Mm-hmm. Um, they just spent sixty-six million dollars on a new stadium for men's basketball or basketball uh, just three years ago, two years ago. Yep. Um, 
So well, one other thing too, and I'm glad you brought that up because I know you also wrote an article about that and USI's potential in the Horizon League, and there is precedent for it, obviously, because we get because Northern Kentucky was in a similar situation, although they were a little further along in the transitional process when the Horizon League brought Northern Kentucky on. Now, you mentioned, of course, the with Southern Indiana, not only did they spend a whole buttload of money on the new basketball arena. Remember, they had they they put they grabbed Stan Gerard from U of Indy. Yeah. And if, if, if we remember, if everybody remembers, Stan Gerard was one of the guys we were thinking of as one of the names who could potentially take over at IUPUI. So. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think maybe I think maybe that move was spur. You know, that move was spurred by the fact that you know they were probably already in the they were probably weren't like in the formal research and you know whatever the hell they need to do parts of it, but they were probably talking about it just like we were more than likely. Yeah, for sure. Um, wouldn't doubt it at all. I, it's felt like. Even, you know, in the days after they said they had no intention of moving up, it's like, uh, okay, but they're moving up. It's, yeah, come on. It's coming. So I feel like this going well, public doesn't yeah. matter if it's it, not- it seemed to me that, It seemed to me that the thought I had was when Stan Gerard took that job instead of the instead of the IUPY job. And I don't know if it was formally offered him, to him or not, but I think the mindset was probably – Okay, I can build this D1 program. So I've I've had success in D2, and USI is on the cusp of making the transition. They haven't made any formal decisions about it, but when they are, I want to be in the position to make the transition with USI. And now it looks like they're much clearer. Now, and again, as they were when they hired him, obviously they they, they were saying publicly, transition to D1 was off the table. Now. Looks like they're inching a little closer. Yeah, um, and obviously, you know, from like their stand status as a potential Horizon League candidate, they have a really strong basketball program. Um, I, I think a part of why they've been linked to the Horizon League for quite a while has is uh, they were actually where Bruce Pearl coached before he came to Milwaukee. Yes. Uh, he had a national title there. They've been you know very strong since. Um, like they were kind of a middle seed and made a Cinderella run a few years ago. And there was a little bit of disappointment because among their fans, because everyone thought like, okay, uh, we've been kind of treading water for a little bit here. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, this will be the season that we'll get a new coach. Oh crap! We made the elite eight, so that's not happening. Like uh, almost disappointment with making the elite eight, <laughs> it led to their yeah. coach sticking around a few years longer. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're to me they are kind of the a bit of a middle ground between Northern Kentucky and what they were before they moved up, and um, Bellarmine, where. Uh, you know, they have the, the new stadium, though it's yep. not quite as nice as NKU's. Um, but then they also have, you know, a little bit more on-court success than NKU had, although NKU was very good. Um, yes. 
Whereas Bellarmine doesn't have the new stadium, but they are they were outstanding before they moved up. Um, I'll talk about them for the 500th time on the podcast in just of a little. Well. But um, yeah. So I, I see, and you're right. There is obviously a fit geographically with Southern Indiana and the rest of the Horizon League, not to mention a natural rivalry with Northern Kentucky that they had in D2. The question, though, becomes, does the Horizon League want to take on a fully transitioning D2 to D1 right off the bat? Because as as we as we talked about earlier, obviously Northern Kentucky was probably in like year two or three of that transition before they jumped over the Horizon League from the A-Sun. Yeah. Um, and that's what I don't know. Um, where it gets interesting for me is Bellarmine being in the A-Sun right now. Yes. If Southern Indiana goes over there, um, you know, with all of their crazy aggressive movements, do they start courting Northern Kentucky? And then from there, if they have NKU, Bellarmine, and Southern Indiana, does Wright State go, what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> um, but it, we'll talk. But the problem with the problem, again, the problem with Wright State, and we mentioned it last week, is they don't really have any money to do anything. They still have to spit, figure out how they're going to add two more sports again. This wouldn't be a move up, though. That, no, that, it really would. And right. that's the, the other thing about you know Northern Kentucky to the A Sun. I mean, they were just there. Why would they? I know. Move? I mean, I yeah, know. it doesn't. It's a, you know, yes, they are converting so themselves into this mid-major so mega conference. But at the same time, if you look at the competitive landscape between the A Sun and the Horizon League, the Horizon League, in my opinion, is more competitive than the A Sun. Even now, now that they've added you know all these other teams. I'm not, I don't know. I, I guess my concern would just be if you start to get, like, I think the trajectory Bellarmine is on, and I, I kind of mentioned this in my article, is better than the one NKU was on. Um, yeah, and that, uh, oh, absolutely. So that is very enticing from our perspective, but also oh, absolutely. Um, gives them a strong bargaining chip. Although, the conference does expand all the way down to Florida. So the geography is still a little bit goofy. That was probably the big reason we got NKU in the first place. Um, uh -huh. That hasn't really changed. Um, and again, when you think about Bellarmine, obviously the, I think the geography makes sense, just like you, just like Southern Indiana. And also, like you said, their trajectory in the D1 is so much better. I think, when didn't they finish, like, in second place or something in the A-Sun? Yeah, a game out. <laughs> a game out. And they just got there. So, yeah. so I can see it. I can really see a scenario with Bellarmine where they do exactly, where they could potentially do exactly what Northern Kentucky did. And spend in a, and again, and I think you might have mentioned this as well, that the A Sun, since Bellarmine has joined, has completely flipped the script in terms of, you know, how the what their what they want their footprint to be. Um, period. I mean, they've already started. They've already in 22. They're going to start sponsoring uh, football as a sport, and that may grow. 
they already added lacrosse, which ironically, Bellarmine, along with Cleveland State, Robert Morris, and Detroit Mercy are all now a part of that lacrosse conference. So that's another element of it. But from a geographic standpoint, from, from, from an every other sport standpoint, specifically basketball, does it with those additions, does it make sense for Bellarmine now to be there as opposed to when they first started there yeah, in the first and place? Really and you can make it say, and incidentally, you could make the same argument for Southern Indiana if they decide to go the same route too. Yeah, and one thing that I, I've always kind of had in the back of my mind when I was kind of writing this and thinking about this, um, the they put out a press release last year that they might balloon up to like over 20 teams and then split yes. into conferences, almost do an intentional version of what happened with the Big East and AAC. And a lot um, of good <laughs> um, But have it all under one roof, have like one – commissioner in charge of all of it i guess uh-huh. like super commi- i don't i don't exactly know but one of the things that kind of makes that goofy it would need to contain the six schools that have been there the longest which wouldn't include bellarmine it would include um like florida gulf coast north florida liberty um kennesaw state and kennesaw state is where it becomes an issue for them um they are a not so great basketball team, very strong FCS football program. So they fit more with like the new additions, the Jacksonville States and the, yeah. um, you know, those teams. When they but do- you brought up Liberty and I hate bringing up Liberty on this podcast. And I mean, <laughs> you can, on this podcast, you can actually drop the last three letters of that. Um, they're in another situation where they are a strong basketball team, but they're they are FBS for football. Yes, and again, exactly. and, and I know we talked about this last week a little bit. And again, why I hate talking about them, but it seems to me that they would be a better fit if they, since they're an FBS independent right now, to make the jump to the American, which currently is hemorrhaging teams. Yeah, and failed to get a couple Mountain West teams this week. And there were like four of them they had to choose from, and they were like, nope, we're good. Yeah, all four of them said, no, nah, we'll stay. Um, and yeah, with that, it, it sounds like the Mountain West might flip the script and start trying to poach their schools. Um, so yeah, they might be in a position where, um, like, my understanding is UAB is probably going to be one of the teams they add. But if they lose, like, SMU or Tulsa, um, Mm -hmm. now they might start frantically adding schools. Uh, Liberty could get plucked out of the conference in that situation. And that would actually be have, you know, potential ramifications for that big, crazy conference expansion idea for the same reason that it seems like it has issues because of Kennesaw State not being able to go with like Jacksonville state. So, um, that, that might be kind of a pipe dream for the a sun at this point as well. It just, it might not work out in terms of, you know, what teams they have to go where, whether they have enough teams. Um, cause at that point you'd be waiting for Bellerman who just moved up. Um, yeah. so, but again, yeah, they, um, I guess the question, when we're talking about Bellerman, I guess the question would be, 
if they opted to from a geographical standpoint think that hey the horizon league makes more sense for us do we get to keep our affiliation our associate affiliation in lacrosse i assume the answer is yes unless you know the unless the horizon league decides like sometime in two years to say you know what we've got four horizon league schools that are that are sponsoring um they're sponsoring lacrosse. Let's go snatch a couple other ones from wherever and do that ourselves. I mean, they could do that too. And I'm actually surprised, you know, somebody didn't, somebody at the Horizon League didn't decide that already. But you know, that's that's just my, you know, that that was the that was my thought on that. Yeah, um, it would definitely be cool. <laughs> It'd be fun. Um, but yeah, I guess. With the A Sun seeming like less of a threat, that actually kind of changes the timeline of you know how all this might go down. When Murray State was an option, that's a situation okay. where hey, you go grab them, you you find them a partner, you call it a day. Um, it seems like so obviously with Southern Indiana, there'd be less urgency because they haven't even officially decided they're moving up. They just as you know announced they're um starting the process to look into moving up so they might not even be on the table for you know a year year and a half or something um and actually kind of to your point you mentioned a bit ago about do we grab a team right out of um division two i actually think they have an interesting situation with yeah. C, the OVC tournament recently moved to Evansville, which is the the city that USI is in. Yes, uh, it's obviously hemorrhaging teams, a little bit desperate. Lost its two big time, you know, fan bases in Belmont and Murray State. Oh, that's devastating. Yeah, and is not going to make as much money, and the conference is down to I think. Eight teams with, you know, more head states probably looking for an exit as well. Um, yeah. In terms of basketball, they seem to be a step above everyone left in the conference. So it's either they, they yeah, become I mean, old, uh, you know, New Mexico State in the old whack when it was basically just the Great West <laughs> going out to, I don't know. Um, <laughs> they find somewhere else to go. Um, I'll talk about them in a minute, too. But, yeah, I'm sure you will. Because <laughs> when we talk about expansion, that train is never late. <laughs> no. Um, when, but that makes an interesting situation for uh, USI. They yeah. could potentially go to the um, go to the OVC. Uh-huh. And basically, because of you know the conference's desperation. They could do what, like, I mean, Bellarmine participated in the A-Sun tournament this year. They might get to participate in the conference tournament while they kind of gear up for being tournament NCAA tournament eligible. Um, so for so those- here, here's the other thing that I'm think looking at with the OVC, however. The problem OVC right current, uh, will has at the moment is that the teams that they've lost are football schools. And now yeah. they're down to, yeah, yeah they, have, they currently have eight teams in the OVC, but they are running out of football schools and neither Bellarmine nor Southern Indiana actually have a football team. If I recall correctly. Right. Yeah. 
Um, so the question becomes then, you know, exactly what what appeal would they have or they just decide, you know what, football schools, we wish you all the best. Go find another place to go. Yeah, and I don't think that's a good scenario for them either. No, um, I, I had heard Western Illinois. Uh, Matt Brown brought them up as a potential team that yes. could head in that way. And as, as yeah, as did Harry Schrader from the uh, Valley Insider oh, too, Western yeah. Illinois. Yeah, the Summit League just has to be sitting over here, like, oh my God, this is awesome! <laughs> like you're taking the bottom off of our conference. <laughs> that is, yeah, and you know, by the way, um, by the way, as I understand it correctly, so the Reaching the Summit podcast with uh, with Todd Buckingham, Zachary Dosh, and uh, Greg Steeman, I believe that's going to be firing back up here in the next week or so. So don't be sure to look out for that at Summit at Reaching the Summit Pod. I think it's called. I can't remember. Sorry, sorry, Todd. I know you're. I know you're following. Um, I'm terrible. Yeah, that is. I'm very- terrible at Twitter handles. <laughs> Um, that is definitely a very good point as far as like what they need. I don't really know what they do about that. Well, the, that- thing, the thing, well, what's interesting too is the Western Illinois thing. And I think, you know, the Western, Illinois, yes, it makes a, a, a good, because Eastern Illinois is still in the OVC and I'll get to the nightmare scenario in a minute, but Western Illinois is currently in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, where if memory serves correct, they're doing pretty good. At the same time, however, you know they're in the Summit League and not doing. Although you know, depending upon what Rob Jeter does in the next couple next year or so, don't forget he's there. Yeah, we'll carry Um, back. You know, and and again, the the problem that Western Illinois has, and you know, uh, the problem that Eastern Illinois currently has, is the fact that both of those teams are geographically kind of out of place with their respective conferences. I mean, because uh, obviously the Summit League has been making this westward thing going on, has made this westward, you know, track. And then, you know, obviously with Eastern, everybody, you know, everybody that's not in Kentucky, with the exception of Moorhead State, is, you know, packing up and leaving. I mean, right now the OBC is Eastern Illinois, Moorhead State, and a bunch of Tennessee schools. Yeah. Um, and in that regard, and I would say in a competitive, from a competitive standpoint, um, my understanding with some of the Western Illinois expansion rumors is that they wanted to get out um, from underneath the the shadow of North Dakota State football. So in that regard, well, it's not just North Dakota. It was basically basically that entire you know both the Missouri Valley football conference and the Summit League are basically dominated by, well, if we're being honest, any school in the Dakotas. Right. At this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there've been a little bit of expansion rumors on them, but yeah. I don't know. I I think the idea of a school that lost its head coach to Ohio or Wright State going up to the Mountain West and being able to compete in anything but football seems unlikely. So yeah. I don't see that. So <laughs> um, I, I kind of think, like, if it is true that Western Illinois would like to not be in the shadow of North Dakota State football, mm-hmm. the OBC makes some sense. Although, like you said, they are, you know, they hemorrhaged football members. So they need to figure out something on that end. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, so 
from that from that standpoint, I know we've talked about a bunch of teams that may end up in the OVC. And we're, we, again, this, sorry if you're if you're a Horizon League fan, and we've talked about five other different conferences that have nothing <laughs> to do with the Horizon League are bad. But it eventually gets back to having to do it, with this. Is where it gets back to us is like, do we see any Horizon League team making a move to another conference? Now, obviously, with with the Missouri Valley Conference putting you know extending invitations to both Belmont and Murray State, that presumably takes the prospect of any Horizon League team being invited to the MVC off the table again. Um, and I, I, it, it just seems like from a geographical standpoint, I think the OVC, and, and plus just, not just from a, from a geographical standpoint, but from an organizational standpoint, they are just not in a position to – they just don't seem like they're in very good a position to be trying to poach any Horizon League school at all, yeah, period. I, mean, I almost think the just in this offseason, the dynamic has changed. And now um, some people have been mentioning like, oh, you know, they could go get some A-Sun schools. I don't know if that's on the table anymore. Um, I, I think – Again and again, the way they they, they shifted the A Sun, the only one that I can think of that would be even a remote possibility for the OVC is Bellarmine, but they don't have football, so that doesn't really address their foot the lack of football teams problem. Yeah, and that and 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 when you talk about the when you talk about the Horizon League, the only team that was it was is even even has a football team that is at that level in FCS is Youngstown State, but in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. And they're not going anywhere. The only way I could see Youngstown State even going anywhere is if um, is if their athletic department decides, you know what, we want to consolidate all of our sports into one single conference, yeah. and we're gonna, and that would be the only reason I can think. Because yeah. from a competitive standpoint, they got a good thing going on. South Dakota schools notwithstanding, in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, so that doesn't make from a competitive sense uh, from standpoint much sense for them to move. Yeah. Uh, to the I, OVC. Again, yeah. the only reason I could see them doing that is from a consolidation of all sports under one kind of under one banner kind of situation. And even that's kind of stretching it, honestly. Yeah, I wouldn't see the OVC for them in that situation. I would actually see the A Sun. Um, someone brought it up on Twitter, and I. I'm sorry I, for Youngstown State, really. Yeah. Really? Okay. So one of the things about the recent football ads, Jacksonville State is really, really good at football. Um, yeah. So competitively, that's probably more but of didn't what they just beat, didn't they? Aren't they the ones who just beat Florida State? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. – so my understanding is that Youngstown State actually likes being in a conference with, you know – the big dogs, because I mean they've had success. They were just in the national title not that long ago um, under Bo Pelini. The problem, that, the problem that Youngstown State has, of course, is the fact that you know now they got to go all the way up to you know, and that's kind of been the problem they've had for years is that you know all of their all of their in conference foes are you know in the middle of nowhere. Now that didn't used to always be the case, but now when you have you know the all the Dakotas doing what they're doing, yeah. That's you know now they're spending you know yeah. half of their season in North Dakota or South Dakota and um, you know don't take this the wrong way North Dakota or South Dakota residents who listen to me but who wants to do that? Hey, I moved from Wisconsin to New Mexico. I definitely don't want to do North Dakota. Um, <laughs> but that's the one thing. Like I could see 
Youngstown State may be going like, well, it's not North Dakota State, but Jacksonville State is very good. They did just beat Florida State. They did, you know, they are, you know. That would be a weird, but again, from a geographical standpoint, that would be such a weird move for them. A little bit, a little bit. (laughs) Well, here's another scenario, too. If, you know, if. If the A Sun decided, hey, okay, we're gonna get, you know, we're gonna go get Youngstown State, attempt to invite Youngstown State as an FCS team. Do we also look at Robert Morris, who literally just got here, also an FCS school? The only I, other team that, yeah, I'd say I doubt it, but I mean, yeah. stranger things have happened. If yeah. they want to, if they want to make it, so, if they want to make it, so you know, at least they're not spending half of their time in Florida. I mean, and from again, from a from a travel standpoint, there's really, you know, it's a little further a hike, especially with the the schools they have on a, uh, from a football standpoint. I don't know. I, I think from a ge- geographically, from a basketball standpoint, it makes more sense for them to stay in the HL. Yeah. And again, I think the big thing for the big thing I think is again, if they would even make this move. Uh, just like the OVC, it would be more for it makes it only makes sense from a we want to consolidate all of our teams, all yes. of our sports into one conference kind of situation. Yes. And I don't see that with either. I definitely don't see that with the, the OVC. And I really I, I just don't see that with the ASUN either for Youngstown State at all. Have my dream. OK, <laughs> sorry. Uh, nah, it's cool. Um. But yeah, I guess the one thing about, I don't know, do we want to get to the, the nightmare? Yes, we do, because we already talked Eastern about Eastern Illinois and more at State already. Okay. What are the chances, if, if, if Southern Indiana and Southern Indiana ends up at another conference, maybe the A-Sun or something like that, and Bellarmine decides to stand pat, and the OVC just completely implodes? And like the Tennessee schools go to like the Southland or something, and they just break up everything. Does that does that create a situation for Eastern Illinois and Moorhead State to magically appear in the Horizon League? I hope not. Um, <laughs> those would be so Moorhead State obviously. Moorhead State, I think, would be not as bad. They would have to address their football problem, obviously. Actually, both of them would have to address their football problem because no, both of them are football schools. Moorhead State is in the Pioneer League. They're in the same league. Oh, okay. as oh that's right. I forgot. Moorhead State is in the situation where they're in the Pioneer League, where they're FCS, but they're non-scholarship FC. They're in the same situation as Valpo. So, yeah, I guess that's up issue. and played the WEAC schools. They would not finish first, even though that's a D3 conference. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Moorhead State to me is kind of like a Purdue-Fort Wayne ad, except, you know, worst media market. Um or worse geography, I guess. Um, eh, they'd be fine. They were obviously very good last year. Um, they have like they have a very good sophomore, or I guess technically freshman still, uh, big man. But in this era of transferring, if he puts up another big year, he's probably going to have an opportunity to not be on their team anymore. Um, Possibly, so- yeah. I don't know. It feels like a Purdue Fort Wayne type ad where like, hey, checks the box on baseball. They're they're fine, but um And they made the NCAA this year. They so, did. I mean, yeah. 
I mean, it's not, I mean, they're not, I mean, they, they beat up, you know, they, they beat, they beat Murray State and Belmont to get to the uh, NCAA tournament. So, I mean, they, they bested, well, they were better than them. I can't remember who they beat in the conference tourney, but regardless, they made it to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, this this year they were outstanding. Um, theoretically, they should continue to be very good for a little bit here, um, as long as they keep you know their their young pieces together. But they've had what a few winning seasons since Donnie Tyndall left back in, gosh, when I was in college. Um, so and they were very good under Donnie Donnie Tyndall, but. Um, he might have been cheating based on what happened after he left there. Um, so I don't know. Like in the last decade, they've had like three winning seasons or three um, 20 win seasons. So I, I don't know. I wouldn't. Now, Morehead, now, mind you, again, for, again, let's when we talk about geographics from from a geographical standpoint, Morehead State is closer to northern Kentucky. So that makes a little bit of sense for them. Um, so potentially that would be from that would make sense. Um, Eastern Illinois, obviously, they've got. Some, well, Eastern Illinois, again, their situation is a little more tenuous, again, because of the fact they're in the OVC for football. And when I'm while I'm talking about nightmare scenarios, let me throw out SIU Edwardsville while I'm at it. No, no, don't even bother. <laughs> no, I mean at that rate, you might as well add Chicago State, and we're. Uh no, would no, have done that by now well, if we were. Why is Chicago State still in D1? I don't. What know. is the point of that? I mean, seriously. No, and and that's kind of the thing for me is. I don't think there's really any urgency for the Horizon League to add schools. It was really just, hey, Murray State. Don't need to. If Murray State's coming, we're gonna find them a travel partner. Like, <laughs> we're gonna make that work. Um, with the with that falling through, um, yeah. I don't think there's the urgency. So I think you know you can. One idea I mentioned is kind of what I was getting into. Um, USI goes, they're the home team at the OVC tournament for a few years. Hopefully, you know, being the home team, having home court advantage at the tournament gives them a little bit of a boost competitively. And then we go poach them. Um, the, yeah. the concern with the A-Sun was really, you know, can they start to make aggressive moves to, to pluck our teams? But the more I looked into it, the more I don't think it's likely. I think I think Bellerman would probably be interested in the Horizon League for the same reasons that Northern Kentucky was, plus because of Northern Kentucky. Um, and, and the fact that it doesn't seem like the mega conference idea is really going to work out. Um, so my hope would definitely be that... A little bit further down the road, you grab those two schools. I, I think Moorhead State would be more of like the the type of candidate that you add at, in a reactionary way. You uh, mean not unlike IUPUI was added in response yep. to Valpo? Yep, exactly. <laughs> to me, that's what that kind of addition would be. Um, 
So definitely not one that you make just today. Yeah, and again, because the Horizon League is at 12 teams, and at this point in time, it just does not seem like there is a Horizon League team that a school that is in any way, shape, or form in the position to be invited to any of these other conferences or go anywhere else. There's a little there, at least for the short term. It looks like there's some stability there that I don't think. Yeah, and as you mentioned, they don't have to make any rash moves. Not yeah. not in the near term, they don't. In fact, and they can so plan this long term if they want to. Initially, either USI or Bellarmine was kind of like a as an add-on to Murray State. Honestly, I love both schools' upside. One thing I haven't mentioned today um, in the Evansville market. USI would initially start off in the same spot as a lot of our other schools as kind yeah. of the second fiddle um, in its own market. There's been some concern about whether or not, you know, Evansville's big enough for two D1 programs. Um, well, apparently somebody at USI thought so to build a, you know, a 6,500, a new 66, how much was it? $66 million yeah. facility. So yeah. somebody's betting on it. Um, Evansville hasn't been very good lately. If you look at what Northern Kentucky has done since yeah, they Evansville has been highly highly dysfunctional over the last few years. So that yeah, yeah. I mean the year so they had a wild ride the year that they went winless in Missouri Valley play. That was, was all, the year that they beat Kentucky. Yes, and a few weeks make before it make sense. Kentucky, they hosted USI, and Screaming Eagles took them to overtime. Yeah. And then it went all downhill from there. But yeah, so that's, but yeah, again, I agree with you. I think at this point in time, I think the the Horizon League can basically just stand pat and watch as everything kind of folds, you know, unfolds. Because again, they're not, It at least to me, it does not seem like the Horizon League is in a position where any of the teams that, any of the schools that are in the conference right now have to really worry, are really being courted by anybody i could be wrong and we could be you know having revisiting this a little later on but for right now that's that does not seem to be the the at least the conventional wisdom at this point and if it does happen um you know presumably a year or so out it seems like we have two really good candidates to bring in now so that's yes very that's true not to be in versus a uh, few years ago when it was Hey, should we invite New Mexico State? Oh, like as someone who did the drive from further, like closer to no, Me- not just New Mexico State, New Mexico State and Grand Canyon. Don't forget that. Uh, I, I did the drive from Horizon League Country to New Mexico. Not as far. I, it was Madison to Albuquerque, so not as far as like Milwaukee or Chicago. Not as far as Las Cruces, and still. The drive is horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it's nice to be in a spot where it seems like we have two really good potential future candidates um, that are in the footprint instead yeah. of, you know, we're going to go a whole time zone away. We're going to go, God, practically a whole hemisphere away, <laughs> seemed like. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah, so as of right now, our opinion is Horizon League stays where it is. 
stays with 12 teams. Nobody's going anywhere. We're not inviting anybody. Let, every, let the ships fall as they may. Pretty quickly, but, yeah, there's no urgency to do it. None at all. No need. No need. So before we go, I wanted to um, – Blue Ribbon has brought – came out with their yearbook again. So obviously if it is a if it is a preview – and we'll have their own, by the way. Uh, preview week starts week of uh, October 17th on HorizonRoundtable.com. So be on the lookout for that. Um, so, yeah, they were – so the Horizon League, uh, they did their predictions and everything. So uh, Blue Ribbon has – has Cleveland State finishing first and IUPUI finishing last. Um, interestingly enough, though, they have Milwaukee finishing sixth. They have Oakland finishing fourth. Um, that's an interesting opinion. So overall, I actually think. This oh, and don't. Oh, and their and their pick for Player of the Year is Grant Basile. Oh. <laughs> um. Overall, I actually think this is a bit of a, I don't know, more of kind of what I would have expected. Um, I guess I kind of do understand the Grant Basile pick. One thing that I think happens a lot with the, the, the player of the year predictions is you just kind of pick the best player as opposed yeah. to kind of taking a step back. Okay, where did I pick teams? Um, you know... They picked Detroit fifth and Milwaukee sixth. So, what are the odds that a middle of the pack school is going to necessarily have player of the year versus Wright State being picked second? And, you know, if in their mind they're a game behind Cleveland State, I could see that making sense where, um, yeah, best player on one of the best teams uh, with Wright State running a much shorter bench than Cleveland State. Again, <laughs> again, you forgot to say again, because, you know, although I should, yeah, they are, um, which is interesting because they, they brought in a few more people. They brought Riley Voss. They got CJ will, they picked CJ Wilborn off from Milwaukee. Um, and by and large, aside from, uh, so yeah, I, I, but man, I, I still kind of wrestle with the idea that, you know, when you talk about Grand facility on right state, and by the way, they picked him for the, uh, first team all conference along with, Everybody we've been talking about lately, which is, you know, PBJ, Antoine Davis, Tory Patton, Jalen Moore. Um, but when you think about, you know, Wright State, you could – it just seems to me that any – to me, having Grant Basile or Tanner Holden is the right answer for, you know, who's one of the top players in the conference. I mean, it, you, you don't even say is it either or. I say yes. Yeah, I, I think they're both – from like a talent standpoint, they're both within, you know, the top five players, definitely. Where it becomes a little bit wonky is that you have to, I don't know, can you really say that, you know, two guys on the second best team are among the top five players and then one guy on the best team? Eh. Um, last well, year, yeah. the issue they but, ran into. But- and, and, and as we mentioned, talked about before, Cleveland State is going to have a very interesting time in terms of playing time, rotations, all that they stuff. They might almost have to shorten the bench, just be like, eh, we have too much top-end talent. Like, like yeah. Um, I don't know if they will, but... I don't know if they need to. I, so I'm telling you, they're still doing... They're going to do hockey shifts. They're just going to beat everybody with attrition. 
I mean, if they sold the new guys on that idea, then yeah, go for it. <laughs> they got three of them. They wait. I'm sorry. Yeah, they got three of them too. They brought in. They brought uh, Brock Finstoon. They brought Deshaun Parker uh, Parker from App State, and then Nate Jack from from Florida State. So yeah, you know they and then they the, those three guys in. Is it um, the JUCO? What's that now? Oh, and Anderson Marambo. Yeah, that guy. So you got that guy in, and then you know they have an actual freshman too, Cole Middleton. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, they just added a bunch of people and then didn't really lose anybody. I mean, uh, obviously Franklin Penn isn't here this year. Um, I guess the injury he had was a little much, so he decided to hang it up. And then, you know, Hugo Ferreira is back in Portugal playing, I guess. And then, um, you know, Alec Oglesby is in Wilmington. So yeah, I yeah, so that that's kind of the thing. I mean. But, yeah, I, I guess the question that I have is, you know, what are they seeing with Oakland that I'm not seeing that they haven't picked finishing fourth? Yes, Jalen Moore is one of the top is one of the top t- players in the league. There's really there's really little argument about that. But the question is, you know, and, and you have Trey Townsend, who should have a really good year. You got Micah Parrish, who has, who's going to have a pretty good year. Um, but what else? I mean, uh, where Jamal else do you go with that? Jamal Kane would be a big addition. He averaged almost. Oh, yeah, Jamal Kane. Sorry. Last year in the Big East. Yeah. So the one thing is, he's kind of more of what they already have. You know, losing Oladapo and adding Jamal Kane, he might be a bit of a better player, but he's another one of these six foot seven, not really a post, but does like post player things like he's a great rebounder yeah um so size to me with oakland still seems to be kind of their bugaboo that's to me that's what you know it seems like that's going to be a big question mark especially with a horizon league that also is getting bigger in the front court and by the way yeah they actually broke it they actually broke it down i love this uh the yeah, because they actually listed who's got the best backcourts and who's got the front court. They did say that you know Oakland has the third best backcourt. Cleveland State they said has the best top front court in the conference. Who has the best backcourt? Ahead of ahead of Wright State in Milwaukee, they said Cleveland State. Like okay, I'm I'm good with that. For best backcourt, best frontcourt. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with that. I mean, I, I think for Milwaukee you have. PBJ and and then for Wright State it's Grant Basile and then so I, I think I think we're kind of underselling the the Samba Kane thing from US uh, from San Francisco I think yeah. we're under I think we're I think you're underselling his impact in the front court along with PBJ I mean, where I think, I think when you have him in I think when you have him in the front court that allows PBJ to be at the natural probably in his natural position at the four. Yeah, where he could do something, and he doesn't have to be the center, and that's a no, big I, issue that, that. Uh, Horizon League has had for years, where a guy who is who is naturally a four gets put in the five position, and it looks so out of place. Yeah, and but now that they have, but you know, with like with Samba Kane coming in, I think that kind of takes that away a little bit, which that is, is going to be. I think it's going to really help PBJ, but yeah. I would agree, though. I mean, Cleveland State is pretty good in the front court. 
I would say, so who was best backcourt? Uh, best backcourt is Northern Kentucky. Which makes sense. If we're talking starters, no. Well, I guess point guard is kind of a... Well, actually, it's funny. They picked Northern Kentucky over Wright State, and I would have had them flipped. Between Trey Calvin and Tanner Holden, uh, yeah, I think Wright State is better than Northern Kentucky in that uh, in the backcourt. They also had uh, Oakland finishing third, too, by the way. Uh, they had Oakland third, the third best backcourt. No mention of Cleveland State, by the way. A little disappointing. Hmm. I mean, I get it, but okay. yeah. I mean, but again, you got to remember too that you know, obviously, the Horizon League is a backcourt-heavy kind of conference, and you can make an argument. You really could make an argument for a lot of other teams besides those three teams in I terms of backcourt. Milwaukee be in that. Um, DeAndre yeah. Golston and a guy who was better than DeAndre Golston for the last month of the season—that's hard to beat. <laughs> uh, Josh Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I mean, well, well, what about for, what about for Purdue, Purdue Fort Wayne with Jared Goffrey and you know Deontay Billups and Jamie and Chon Kui? Like, yeah. I got those guys coming in, so like, yeah, I mean, you can make an argument for them. Yeah, um, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can make an argument. I mean, I mean, theoretically, you can make an argument for Detroit too. You know, with Antoine and Matt Johnson. Yeah, I mean, you can make it. Yeah, with the, on the backcourt front, you can certainly make an argument for a lot of different teams. So, I mean, I'm sure they had their reasonings for ranking the backcourts as they did. But yeah, you can make an argument for a lot of different schools for the backcourt. But that's what they went with. So there you go. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'll admit point guard's a bit of a question mark for Milwaukee. NKU makes sense. Are you, are you not sold on Donovan Newby? Um, well, I, I think it's probably going to be Jordan Lathan. Oh, yeah, him too. Yeah, yeah. I think they're taking that into consideration too, by the way, that Jordan Lathan's going to be on this team the next year when they're looking at the backcourt. Yeah, and, and I don't know. I guess they're oh, – Actually, they didn't – I'm sorry. They didn't take that into consideration because, you know, the one, two, three was Northern Kentucky, Wright State, and Oakland. So – Forget I said anything. <laughs> I don't know. I guess there were concerns about his shooting. Um, I will say having a power forward that can hit threes might open some things up. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Well, I guess we'll we'll figure. I guess we'll figure that out when we do our own in you know about what two weeks. <laughs> so. All right, that's going to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, so, like I said, next week we're um, doing part one of the media forum. So that's going to be – oh, my God. I'm, I am looking forward to that. So that's going to be great. Um, in the meantime, HorizonRoundTable.com, that's where our podcast and our content is. You, again, uh, we are on wherever podcasts are found. And, of course, you can pull up your uh, – you can pull up the Horizon Roundtable on your Amazon or Google devices. So stay tuned next week. We've got the media forum coming up, uh, part one. Until then, thank you all for listening.